name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we enter into the season that we call pre-Lent. It's our three-week preparation to enter into Great and Holy Lent, and the name of today's Mass is Septuagesima. That word Septuagesima, meaning 70, is an indicator for us. It's telling us that we are roughly 70 days from celebrating the incredible resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ after his Passover for us. And so that's where we are in the timeline. And there are two main desires, I think, normally that during these three weeks that our Lord really wants to get across to us as we make preparations to enter into the great and holy Lent. And the first is this that we come to see Lent clearly. That we come to see Lent clearly and accurately as our Lord has purposed that holy and healing season for us. And the second thing in these weeks of preparation, that now seeing Lent clearly, what we're about to enter into, that we accurately and diligently prepare our souls to follow our Lord Jesus Christ as He leads us through Lent to himself. Because ultimately that is what Lent is all about. The reason it's such a great and holy and healing season for us is that it is in Lent that our Lord Jesus Christ is so openly inviting and beckoning and wooing us back to our true selves by discovering him. That's what Lent is all about. And on Septuagesima, this particular Mass in this Sunday, we're given two scriptures. The first from, from, from St. Paul in 1 Corinthians in chapter 9, where St. Paul calls us to run the race to receive the crown by an athlete's profound disciplining of his or her own body. And in the Gospel of St. Matthew that you just heard chanted in chapter 20, we have the parable of the hiring of the laborers in Christ's vineyard for the purpose that they might labor and toil to produce a harvest. And in that precious parable, that's where we see those who were hired the first hour, some hired through the midday, and some hired at the very end of the day. And all of them labor with the same labor and produce the same harvest, and so they all receive an equal reward from Christ our God, the one who set them in the harvest field. And in both of these passages, you're finding a theme. And there is a theme of working and laboring with great effort and diligence and discipline to obtain a prize and to produce a harvest. But it's absolutely of critical importance, my friends, that we understand the nature of this working and the end result of this diligent laboring with all that is within us. Because one slight tick one wrongful thinking about the idea of working and laboring will be a field day for Satan. Where he will, if we don't understand why we're called to work and labor and what our working and laboring is all about, Satan will put in such deception within us that will lead from that working and laboring, and particularly from our failing during our working and laboring, to become great spiritual bondage and great spiritual shame for us. So it is incredibly important that we understand this idea of working and laboring with Christ, in Christ, and towards Christ during the holy season of Lent. 
So let's have a proper look at this and see how this idea of working and laboring in Christ is both freeing to the soul and salvific for us all. We're primarily going to focus on St. Paul's words from 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. St. Paul absolutely loved athletics and he admired the discipline of athletes. And so he uses an example from athletics to teach us something about being a true disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, all runners run to obtain a prize, and yet only one, with all of their preparation and all of their racing, only one is going to win that prize. So he says, each athlete prepares with great discipline, great diligence, and great preparation with their body, with their schedule. The athlete, he says, is temperate in all things. And that word temperate means the athlete is self-controlled in everything. He's self-controlled about his time, about schedule. He's self-controlled about what he allows into his body and what he doesn't allow into his body so that he may race in top condition. Because if an athlete does nothing but drink two-liter Cokes every day, <coughs> Not even a quarter of the way through the race, they will bog down and be unable to finish the race. And he tells us, he says, we like them, we as Christians, we too are runners in a race running for a prize. But the prize that we're running for, my friends, it is not temporal. It is absolutely eternal. And so St. Paul says about himself, he says, for this reason I bring my body, my humanity, my brokenness. The illness of my soul, I bring it all into subjection to Jesus Christ. And one of the things our Lord would have us see clearly so that we don't fall into the deceit of Satan, thinking that we labor and we work to earn anything from Jesus Christ. We have to see the reason for Christ's call for this labor, to live this work, this life of working towards him. And it comes from the very last thought that I offered from St. Paul. Our labor, I want you to hear this. This is the theme of everything our Lord wants to show us this morning. Our laboring, our disciplines, the spiritual disciplines, our working with Christ's grace through them. It is always towards the giver of life and mercy, Jesus Christ himself. That we truly, like St. Paul, Work to subject ourselves to the lover of our souls. Bringing ourselves to him. Running to him for the healing that he affords us. And desires to give us in our life. That's what our labor is. That's what our efforts are all about. The labor of the Christian is to deny ourselves all of the things that take our eyes and attention and our soul away from Christ. And by doing so, rob us of the greatest experience of him in our lives. Denying ourselves the poison that keeps us so weighed down. There's plenty of it that we take into ourselves, all of us. Denying ourselves the poison that keeps us so weighed down and bogged down and slowed down in this eternal race. We race always with great discipline toward Jesus and to remain in him all of our days. That is our labor because he is our prize. He is our prize. Not something, someone awaits us at the end of the race. 
and you find in a minute he even accompanies us in the race. St. Gregory of Nyssa says it this way, as far as you extend your efforts, the things that we will do in Lent, as far as you extend your efforts in behalf of piety, so far will the greatness of your soul extend through efforts and toils toward the Lord. He says it himself. All of our efforts, we'll talk about them in a minute, the fasting, the increased prayer, the almsgiving, everything that we're called to do in Lent, all of the efforts and toils expand the soul toward Christ opening the door of our soul, our lives, to the grander experience of the one who wants to touch and heal the leprosy within the soul. That's what this is all about. St. Augustine said this, When we enter upon the way of the Lord, let us fast from the vanity of this present life and refresh ourselves with the hope of the future life, not focusing the heart on things here, but feasting the heart on things above. I love that image. My friends, oh, how our cravings keep us feasting on poison. Our broken <coughs> cravings keep us feasting on poison. But what's our Lord calling us to do? Come and feast on me. Let your heart, let your soul feast on me alone and watch what I'll do in your lives. Another church father, speaking of Lent, says, Your master Jesus Christ has anointed you with his spirit and has brought you to this training ground. He determined long before the day of the contest to take you from a softer way of life to a harsher regimen that your strength may increase. Athletes, he says, are set apart for more rigid training to apply themselves to the building up of their physical strength. They're kept from lavish living, from more tempting dishes, from more pleasurable drinks. You see, all of this lavish living, forsaking the lavish living, the gluttony, too much of the drink. And I could throw in so many other things that our hearts desire so wrongly that poison the soul and bog us down in the race. We throw all of these things away. We deny our cravings and with great discipline in Lent, we set ourselves to do the things that strengthen and enliven our souls, that create that great repentance, that movement away from death and the embrace of the life that we've been given. That's the repentance in Lent. But all of these efforts, all of these labors to put off all that destroys us and to put on the things that bring us life. St. Paul says to put on Christ is what we're talking about. All of these labors and efforts, they are not about earning anything from Jesus. His mercy, his salvation, you can't give it up. He gives it anyway when you come to him. It's not about earning. The efforts and the labors thrust us, race us toward the giver of life. That experience of a very real and living God who brought us to this training ground so that we might encounter and embrace Him. And the encounter and embrace of Him is our healing, our renewal, and our salvation. And in Lent, we are called to these disciplines, to fast, to increase our prayer, and to give what we have to those who have need, who have less. But I want to make some statements. To safeguard your minds when the enemy comes to speak to you a bit in Lent. Our fasting will earn us nothing from Christ. 
our increased prayer will not make us deserving of his salvation, and our almsgiving will not prove to God that we are worthy of paradise. Our fasting, rather, by the help of the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, will increase that temperance. It will increase our self-control, allowing us to cast away the temptations of Satan we face daily, far more quickly, and to tame our own broken desires that are still within us. And the result of that is that we will have less things distracting us from seeing Christ clearly and experiencing Christ fully in our lives. That's why we fast, to get to Him, to get to Him. In our increased prayer, it will open the door to a much greater experience of fellowship, true fellowship with Christ our God. A fellowship offered to us in the Garden of Eden, as we've been talking about, and renewed by the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And in that fellowship is where we are promised that we will see and we will know the Lord our God. And therefore, by knowing Him, know our true selves. What does increased prayer bring us? It brings us, by that experience, the contentment that every soul that I'm seeing and my own is longing for, and crying out for through the brokenness that has us so paralyzed on a day-to-day -day basis. And through our almsgiving, what's that all about? We act by choice, by our own will, on behalf of another, to be the nature of God towards those who have less than what we have. And when we give, in those very moments of giving to the one who is in need, when we do this, we experience God's love, His profound mercy, and His incredible provision manifesting itself through our flesh and blood, which means not only is the recipient experiencing Christ in those ways, we experience Christ in those ways as we give, as we choose to do what He is always doing, just like it was in the Garden of Eden, when God the Father was training His children to be just like Him. What did He do? He brings all of creation before them and He tells Adam, do what I've been doing. What you've seen me do, you do. And when we experience Christ in the doing, it transforms our soul into that very nature. And we ascend to our true human person. Fasting, praying, and giving has never been about earning anything. Rather, fasting, praying, and giving in the mind and wisdom of the Word of God who established these prescriptions, knowing how to transform our souls, is all about becoming. It's all about becoming by the healing work that Christ does when we race towards Him in these ways, if we would get up and run the race. And when I talk about getting up and run the race, you heard Father James comment on this. You'll hear this again and again as a reminder. Not if, when you fail in the race. When you fail to fast fully in the day. When you fail to pray. When you fail to give. Get up. Don't sit there and wallow in your failure. That's, that's by satanic influence that you do so. Get up and start running again. And God will honor it as if you never fell. We run, we press on towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And I close with the words of Pseudo Dionysius who wrote this. That means pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> the initiate is summoned 
to the sacred contest. With Christ as our trainer, we must undertake it. For it is Christ who as God arranges the match. As sage lays down the rules for the running. As beauty is a worthy prize for the victors. And more divinely as goodness is present with the athletes in their running. Guaranteeing their victory over the forces of death and destruction. We don't run to earn we run to the one who calls us to himself to be healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.